0: chapter twenty seven of miss marchbanks this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. miss marchbanks by mrs oliphant chapter twenty seven miss marchbanks mind had scarcely subsided out of the first exhilarating sense of a great many things to do and a truly important mission in hand when little rose lake sought her with that confession of family troubles and prayer for counsel and aid in the extremity which opened a new way and mode of working to lucilla rose was proud poor little soul not only of her exceptional position and that of her family as a family of artists but also with a constitutional and individual pride as one of the natural conservators of the domestic honour, who would rather have died than have heard the lakes lightly spoken of or upbraided with debt or indecorum or any other crime, she had been silent as long as she could about Barbara's shortcomings, jealously concealing them from all the world, and attacking them with a violence which made her big elder sister, who was twice as big and six times as strong as she tremble before her when they were alone but little rose had at length found things come to a point beyond which her experience did not go when barbara began to have secret meetings with a man whose presence nobody was aware of and who did not come openly to the house to seek her and persevered in spite of all remonstrances in this clandestine career rose could not tell what more to do a vague instinct of greater evil behind impelled her to some action and shame and pride combined at the same time to keep her silent she could not speak to her father because the poor man lost his head straight away and made piteous appeals to her not to make a fuss and threw the burden back again upon her with a double weight and besides he was only a man though he was her father and rose had the pride of a woman in addition to her other prides in these painful circumstances it occurred to her to consult lucilla who had been as has been recounted in an early part of this history a great authority at mount pleasant where her heroic belief in herself led as was natural others to believe in her and then miss marjoribanks was one of the people who keep counsel and rose felt besides that lucilla had been injured and had not revenged herself and that to put confidence in her would be to a certain extent to make up for the offence all these motives combined with an intolerable sense of having upon her shoulders a burden greater than she could bear drove the young artist at last to grange lane where lucilla as we have said was still in the state of mental exhilaration and excitement naturally consequent upon having a very important piece of work in hand I don't know what to do said rose i made up my mind i never would say a word to any one it is so strange she should have no proper pride but you know Lucilla, it is dreadful to think if anything should come of it though i am sure i don't know what could come of it but they might run away or something and then people are so fond of talking i thought for a long time if i only knew some nice old lady but then i don't suppose there are any nice old ladies in carlingford added the pre-raphaelist with a sigh oh you little monster cried lucilla there is mrs chiley the dearest old but never mind make haste and tell me all the same lucilla said rose solemnly we are not great people like you we are not rich nor able to have all we like and everybody to visit us but all the same we have our pride the honour of a family is just as precious whether people live said the young artist with a certain severity in Grove street or in grange lane this exordium had its natural effect upon miss marjoribanks her imagination leaped forward a long way beyond the reality which her companion talked of so solemnly and she changed colour a little as even a woman of her experience might be excused for doing in the presence of something terrible and disastrous so near at hand i wish you would not frighten me said Lucilla. i am very sorry for you you dear little rose you are only a baby yourself and ought not to have any bother tell me all about it there's a dear but these soothing tones were too much for rose's composure she cried and her cheeks flushed and her dewy eyes enlarged and lightened when they had thrown off a little part of their oppression in the form of those hot salt tears miss marjoribanks had never seen her look so pretty and said so to herself with a momentary and perfectly disinterested regret that there was nobody to see her a regret which probably changed its character before rose left the house but in the meantime lucilla soothed her and kissed her and took off her hat and shed her pretty curls off her forehead these curls were not by any means so strong and vehement in their twist as miss marjoribanks's own but hung loosely and softly with a sweet neglect of the poet you would look very nice if you would take a little pains lucilla said in her maternal way you must wear your hair just so on thursday and now tell me all about it there's a dear lucilla you know said rose drying her tears she has taken to going out in the evening and i am sure she meets him every night i can't be a spy on her whatever she does and i can't lock her up you know or lock the door or anything like that i am not her mother said the poor little sister pathetically with a regretful sob and then she has taken to make herself nice before she goes out i don't think she ever cared much for being nice not for home you know but now she has pretty collars and gloves and things and i can't tell where she gets them cried rose her eyes lighting up passionately she has no money to spend on such things lucilla i should die if i thought she would accept them from him you dear old rose you don't know what you are saying said the experienced lucilla most likely if she meets a gentleman she is engaged to him and they always give people presents you know if you would only tell me who it is lucilla do not trifle with me said rose it is much too serious for that engaged without papa knowing of it nor me you know very well that would be no engagement i sometimes think she is is fond of him said the reverend little maiden whose voice changed and softened under the influence of that supposition and then again i think it is only because he is rich she went on with new vehemence oh lucilla if you only knew how dreadful it was to have such thoughts and there is nobody to take care of her but me papa cannot be worried for that would react upon everything an artist is not just like other people it is everybody's duty to leave him undisturbed and then you know he is only a man and does not understand and if she won't pay any attention to me when i speak to her oh lucilla tell me what can i do let me think said lucilla gravely you know i can't tell all in a moment it is mr cavendish i suppose though you won't say so now just wait a moment and let me think i once thought of going to him said rose perhaps he might be generous and go away an artist can do many things that other people can't do we have an exceptional position the pre raphaelist went on faltering a little and not feeling quite so sure of the fact on that special occasion i thought of going and begging of him if it was on my knees my dear said lucilla with great seriousness if you did i think it is most likely he would fall in love with you and that would not mend the matter and i am sure barbara would give you poison i will tell you what we must do i would not do it for everybody but you know i was always very fond of you you dear little rose you shall ask me for to-morrow evening to come to tea to come to tea echoed poor rose in dismay she had been waiting for lucilla's advice with a great deal of anxiety but at the present moment it would be vain to conceal that the proposed expedient seemed to her altogether inadequate for the emergency the light went out of her face as she opened her eyes wide and fixed them on Lucilla, and for one moment one desperate moment rose was disloyal and lost faith in the only person who could help her which perhaps under the circumstances was not a thing to cause much surprise my dear you may be sure i would not propose it if i did not feel it was the best thing to do said lucilla with great gravity it happens precisely that i want to see mr cavendish and if he is at home he never shows himself and i have been wondering how i could find him i shall make him walk home with me said miss marjoribanks so you need not be uneasy rose about the trouble i am taking i am doing it to serve myself as well as you we shall say eight o'clock if that is not too late but lucilla said rose with consternation and then she stopped short and could not tell what more to say you don't understand it said miss marjoribanks i don't think it was to be expected that you should understand it a little thing like you has no way of knowing the world when barbara knows i am there she will be sure to bring him to the very door she will want me to see that he is with her and you may leave the rest to me said Lucilla. for my part i have something very particular to say to mr cavendish it is my luck miss marjoribanks added for i could not think how to get to see him at eight o'clock to-morrow evening yes said rose but perhaps it was still doubtful how far she understood the mode of operations proposed lucilla's prompt and facile genius was too much for the young artist and there was as she herself would have said an entire want of keeping between her own sense of the position tragical and desperate as that was and any state of matters which could be ameliorated by the fact of miss marjoribanks coming to tea it had been rose's only hope and now it seemed all at once to fail her and yet at the same time that instinctive faith in lucilla which came naturally to every one under her influence struggled against reason in rose's heart her red soft lips fell apart with the hurried breath of wonder and doubt her eyes still expanded and clearer than usual after their tears were fixed upon lucilla with an appealing questioning look and it was just at that moment when rose was a great deal too much absorbed in her disappointment and surprise and lingering hope to take any notice of strange sounds or sights or of anybody coming that thomas all at once opened the door and showed mrs centum into the room now it would have mattered very little for mrs centum who to be sure knew lucilla perfectly well and would never have dreamed for a moment of identifying such a trifling little person as rose lake in any way with miss marjoribanks but then mrs centum happened at that precise moment to be bringing the new arrival the stranger on whom so much depended general travers himself to be introduced to lucilla and it was not the fault of either of rose or the general if it was on the young mistress of the female school of design that the warrior's first glance fell naturally the conversation had run upon miss marjoribanks on the past evening for mrs centum was full of the enthusiasm and excitement incident to that pate which lucilla had so magnanimously enabled her to produce is she pretty general travers had demanded as was to be expected well mrs centum had replied and made a long pause would you call lucilla pretty charles and charles had been equally dubious in his response for to be sure it was a dereliction for miss marjoribanks dignity to call her pretty which is a trifling sort of qualification but when the general entered the drawing-room which might be called the centre of carlingford and saw before him that little dewy face full of clouds and sunshine uncertain unquiet open-eyed with the red lips apart and the eyes clear and expanded with recent tears a face which gave a certain sentiment of freshness and fragrance to the atmosphere like the quiet after a storm he did not understand what his hosts could mean i call her very pretty he said under his breath to his interested and delighted chaperon and we are surely justified in appealing to the readers of this history as lucilla who was always reasonable afterwards did to herself whether it could be justly said under all the circumstances that either rose or the general were to blame the little artist got up hurriedly when she awoke to the fact that other visitors had come into the room but she was not at all interested in general travers whom rose with the unconscious insolence of youth classified in her own mind as an elderly gentleman not that he was at all an elderly gentleman but then a man of forty especially when he is a fine man and adequately developed for his years has at the first glance no great attraction for an impertinent of seventeen rose did not go away without receiving another kiss from lucilla and a parting reminder to-morrow at eight o'clock and mind you leave it all to me and don't worry said miss marjoribanks and rose half ashamed put on her hat and went away without so much as remarking the admiration in the stranger's eyes nor the look of disappointment with which he saw her leave the room rose thought no more of him than if he had been a piece of furniture but as for the general when he found himself obliged to turn to lucilla and make himself agreeable the drawback of having thus had his admiration forestalled and drawn away from its legitimate object was such that he did not find her at all pretty which after all on a first interview at least is all they think about as miss marchbanks herself said we must do all we can to make carlingford agreeable to the general said mrs centum you know how much depends upon it lucilla if we can but make him like the place only think what an advantage to society and we have such nice society in carlingford said the injudicious woman who did not know what to say nothing very particular said miss marjoribanks i hope general travers will like us but as for the officers i am not so sure they all flirt you know and that is almost as bad as having nobody that can flirt which is my position lucilla added with a sigh as long as mr cavendish is away lucilla cried mrs centum a little shocked one would think to hear you that you were the greatest coquette possible and on the contrary she is quite an example to all our young ladies i assure you general and as for flirting dear mrs centum said lucilla sweetly one has always to do one's duty to society as for me i am different you know and i don't mean to say that the officers would not be a great acquisition miss marjoribanks continued with her usual politeness but then too many young people are the ruin of society if we were to run all to dancing and that sort of thing after all the trouble one has taken said Lucilla perhaps it was not quite civil but then it must be admitted that to see a man look blankly in your face as if he were saying in his mind then it is only you and not that pretty little thing that is miss marjoribanks was about as exasperating a sensation as one is likely to meet with understood perfectly well general trevor's look and for the moment instead of making herself agreeable it was the contrary impulse that moved her she looked at him not blankly as he looked at her but in a calmly considerate way as she might have looked at mr holden the upholsterer had he proposed a new kind of tapisserie to her judgment one would be always delighted of course to have general travers said miss marjoribanks but i am afraid the officers would not do as for mrs centum she was quite incapable of managing such a terrible crisis she felt it indeed a little hard that it should be her man who was defied in this alarming way while mr cavendish and the archdeacon the two previous candidates had both been received so sweetly to be sure it was his own fault but that did not mend matters she looked from one to the other with a scared look and grew very red and untied her bonnet and then as none of these evidences of agitation had any effect upon the other parties involved plunged into the heat of the conflict without considering what she was about to say Lucilla, i am surprised at you said mrs centum when you know how you have gone on about mr cavendish when you know what a fuss you have made and how you have told everybody by the by who is mr cavendish said general travers interposing with that holy horror of a quarrel between women which is common to the inferior half of creation i wonder if he's a fellow one used to meet everywhere one never could get any satisfaction who he belonged to he never pretended to be one of the devonshire cavendishes you know i don't know if he had any family at all or relations or that sort of thing in most cases a man gets on just as well without them in my opinion i wonder if this fellow you are talking of is he oh no said mrs centum i hope you will meet him before you leave carlingford he has a sister married here but we have always understood he was one of the cavendishes i am sure mrs woodburn always gives herself out for somebody she continued thinking better of it and beginning to let the interesting suspicion enter her mind for to be sure they were about of a standing and the banker's wife had sometimes felt a little sore at the idea that her neighbour possessed distinctions of family which were denied to herself it is true none of her relations ever come to see her said mrs centum and she began to forget the general and lucilla's reception of him in this still more interesting subject it was the first time that the authenticity of the cavendishes had been attacked in carlingford and to be sure what is the good of having fine connections if they cannot be produced while mrs centum pondered a suggestion so interesting lucilla on her part also took advantage of the occasion and descended from the calm heights of dignity on which she had placed herself and the general who was a well-bred man had got over for the moment the unlucky impression made upon him by the fresh face of little rose lake mr cavendish is very nice said miss Marshbanks. i am very fond of all my own relations but i don't care about other people's of course he is one of the cavendishes i don't see how he can help it when that is his name i should think it was sure to be the same we should be so obliged to you if you would bring him back to carlingford i don't know i am sure why he is so obstinate in staying away perhaps somebody has been unkind to him said the general feeling it was expected of him i am sure i have not been unkind to him said lucilla he is such a loss to me if you are going to do us the pleasure of coming on thursday oh i am sure we shall feel quite honoured both papa and i i will show you how badly off i am it is not a party in the least and we don't dance said miss marjoribanks that is why i am a little uncertain about the officers it is one of my principles that too many young people are the ruin of society but it is hard work sometimes when one is not properly supported lucilla added with a gentle sigh if i can be of any use said the amused soldier i don't pretend to be able to replace cavendish if it is cavendish but no said miss marjoribanks with resignation it is not easy to replace him he has quite the talent you know but i am sure it is very kind of you and we shall be delighted to have such an acquisition lucilla continued after a pause with a gracious smile and then she led her guests downstairs to lunch which was every way satisfactory as for the general it cannot be doubted that he had the worst of it as was natural in this little encounter and felt himself by no means such a great personage in carlingford as his hospitable and had persuaded him he should be mrs centum declared afterwards that she could not form the least idea what lucilla meant by it she who was generally so civil to everybody but it is not necessary to say that miss marjoribanks knew perfectly well what she was doing and felt it imperatively necessary to bring down general travers to his proper level carlingford could exist perfectly well without him and his officers but lucilla did not mean that the society she had taken so much pains to form should be condescended to by a mere soldier and then after all she was only human and it was not to be expected she could pass over the blank look with which her visitor turned to herself after having by evil fortune cast his eyes upon rose lake at the same time miss marjoribanks always magnanimous did not blame rose who had no hand whatever in the matter and if she avenged herself in a lady-like and satisfactory manner it is not to be supposed that it was simply a sense of offence which actuated lucilla she did it on the contrary on strictly philosophical principles having perceived that mrs centum was spoiling her general and that it was absolutely necessary that he should be disabused when they left mrs centum was almost afraid to put the question that trembled on her lips she uttered it at last faltering and with a very doubtful expression for she could not conceal from herself the fact that the general had been snubbed how do you like lucilla she said in the most humble way and then she turned away her face she could bear it whatever it might be she said to herself that so long as the children were well and the holidays about over she could bear anything and what did it matter to her about the officers but at the same time she preferred to avert her face when she received the blow i am sure miss marjoribanks is a person for whom i shall always entertain the highest respect said the general and he gave a little laugh was that pretty little creature a sister of hers or a friend or what i don't know when i have seen anything so pretty said the unsuspecting man and then mrs centum turned round upon him with a kind of horror that lucilla's sister why she has no sister i told you so she is an only child and will have everything she will be quite an heiress cried mrs Centum if the old doctor were to die though i'm sure poor dear man i hope he will not die there is no other medical man in the town that one can have the least confidence in except dr rider and then he is so young and can't have much experience with children her sister indeed it was little rose lake the drawing-master's daughter said mrs centum with a cruel distinctness the general only said oh but it was in a crestfallen tone for to be snubbed by one lady and struck with sudden enthusiasm for another who after all was not a lady to speak of but only a drawing-master's daughter was rather hard upon the poor man thus it was the soldier who in ordinary circumstances ought to have been the most successful who began in the most cruel and uncomfortable way his campaign in carlingford end of chapter 27 recording by maricel qui